You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hey everybody, my name is Cliff Barnes. And I'm Alicia Barnes. And we are here to do a movie review. I'm so excited. (laughs) We have just seen this afternoon Disney's new Beauty and the Beast live action film. Which, Beauty and the Beast is um, definitely in my top five. But I think that comes from my age. My top five are Beauty and the Beast... Aladdin, The Little Mermaid, and then I threw, you know, of course, now I'm a Frozen and Moana fan. Yeah, but Beauty and the Beast is pretty much your, it's your favorite animated movie. It is. And it's my favorite thing to do in the theme park. And we're at the age where we grew up with, in the Disney animated renaissance. Mm-hmm. what it's known as. Every movie... Starting with The Little Mermaid in 1989 through Tarzan in 1999, our, all of those movies were all huge hits. It was considered the Disney Renaissance. And Beauty and the Beast, the animated film, is probably the the number one. Um, it was the first picture animated picture ever nominated for an Oscar. It's the crown jewel of, of that era of Disney animation. So naturally, Disney has started doing live-action films of their classic films. and um, Which I absolutely love. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're not a big fan, but I am They're a huge okay. fan of the live-act. It's like going to see the musicals without going to see the musical. Yes. They're, they're fine. They're fine. I prefer the animated classic films if you want to compare apples to apples, but... As far as what we have so far in the live action, this movie is probably the best of them. This movie is the best live action they've done, period. I think they did an excellent job with it. And like we were talking earlier, I think they totally pulled it off because they didn't deviate from the story. They really didn't. It's um, Going to see this film is like visiting an old friend you haven't seen in 25 years. It's all very familiar, the same old story, um, but it's a little bit more grown up. The story's a little bit more developed, and it, it hits all the marks. It's got all the classic songs, the storyline is there, um, and then they went ahead and added a little bit to it, which kind of filled in some of the plot holes and some of the background and given it a little extra something, which was great. I thought I was going to have a really hard time with Lumiere and Cogsworth because they I just didn't know how they were going to pull that off. But they did. They 
totally pulled it off. I thought, I am not going to like this too, but wasn't that bad. I thought they did a really good job with the computer generated. Yeah, the, yeah. all of the furniture characters are, and the the castle characters, the, the the staff are all CGI characters now. So let's talk. Let's start and talk a little bit about casting. Emma Watson did an amazing job. Never would have thought that she was a singer, but she did a good job. Well, she's not a singer. Well, no, but she's not a Broadway singer, but she sings well enough to pull it off. Yes, she did. She did. I completely was shocked when she started when she came out of the cottage. Scene one. I was like, she's going to nail this. We get the classic Bonjour song opening, and it is almost shot for shot Mm -hmm. the animated film, which is great. It's probably one of the top three moments of the entire movie. I agree. I really like that they pulled that off really well because putting the live action in there, it worked really well. It felt like Beauty and the Beast. It felt like this very familiar little French village in that time period and all the villagers were very cartoonish just like the film they're very boisterous and they're singing along and yeah. dancing and they hit every you know every beat <laughs> it's right there so but as far as Emma Watson I really wasn't sure what to expect with her I thought maybe she was a tad unemotional through the moon Okay, but here's the argument about that. She's not bad. No, she's not bad. But Belle's character portrays confidence, independence, and her ability, just her education all the way around. She doesn't need to be vulnerable. She doesn't need to be extremely feminine. And I think Emma did a really good job of pulling it off, showing everybody this is who Belle is. The biggest part with Emma Watson, it's set in France. There's a lot of French theming, but she has that English accent, (laughs) which at times in some moments during this film takes me out of it. It just did. And it wasn't just her. It's several characters. Um, It's just what it is. And I know in the movie they're not particularly French. Right. Well, and I will tell you that as much as I love Emma in this position, because she looks like Belle, perfectly figured, brown hair. I mean, she is spot well, the, on Belle. The costuming and the makeup are wonderful. They're spot on. It, I have a hard time of not thinking of her as Hermione Granger. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think that's going to be an issue for a lot of people. I think it was an issue when they even announced her casting. So. Mm-hmm. But she did a good job. Way to go, Emma. So we have Emma Watson, um, really... The the scene stealers of the entire picture, it's Josh Gad or uh, Dan Stevens that that portray LeFou and Gaston. Every scene they're in, Luke Evans. Luke Evans. Oh, Dan Stevens is plays beast. The beast. Yes. Okay. So Luke Evans. Yeah. Every scene they're in is all you see is them. I agree with you. They took a really big presence on the screen. Um, Gaston, he did a really good job of it. I have a hard time dealing with Gaston as a character himself just because he's so pompous and thinks that he can go around and do whatever he wants to do because he's the guy of the village, and I just have a hard time with that. Such a great character, let alone a villain. Just a great Disney character. Um, 
not like any other Disney character. But yeah, I mean, he's supposed to be, he's bombastic, he's a narcissist, he's, nobody loves Gaston like Gaston, just like the song says, except for maybe LeFou. And <laughs> Josh Gad, I never thought, I mean, I know he's Olaf, I know he's He'll always sang Olaf, yeah. But he was a little bit more of a singer and a dancer in this movie. I think Josh Gad is finding his way through Disney, and he's just nailed it. He is a star. An outright star. He knows what he can do, and he takes those roles, which is smart. I mean, call it typecasting, whatever you want to call it. But he makes them so much better than they're written. And I really like... in in the. I haven't seen Beauty and the Beast for a little bit, but LeFou in the, in the animated classic is very, almost kind of annoying, I always thought. Yeah, he's kind of dopey. Yeah. And this is not that LeFou. No, and you know, I actually saw a few scenes where there was a masculine LeFou. We're like, I'm going to get that girl. Well, <laughs> I don't know if he's worried about getting any girls in this movie. Well, I can tell you that, you know... With everything is set aside with what people are saying, he still has moments where you question I thought his he, position. I thought he was very likable. He was definitely a mediator and showed compassion. Without giving everything away, he definitely showed way more compassion than Gaston. Oh, yeah. And I appreciated that, that he kind of where it would have been goofy being animated in real life he did a really good job showing that he still cared for certain people he was more of a person in this movie he had more qualities he like i said he was likable even though he was more or less a a a, a, a accomplice of to a vi- the main villain he was more he had a sweetness to him almost his character like you don't really want to not like him yeah I think he's just that kind of person, though. So let's talk about what we saw on Twitter. Yeah. So did, any, did you see that? Did you watch the video? Yeah. Okay. Any Anyone that doesn't know by now, um, they had, at the time of this recording, last night they had the big premiere down at Walt Disney World at the AMC 24 in Disney Springs, and Josh Gad was there uh, at the showing, and he came out on stage and, and said a few things, and, you know, he was Josh Gad, very likable. But then he went from there after the movie to down to the Be Our Guest restaurant in Magic Kingdom and had a little sing-along. Not only did he have a sing-along, he interacted with the guests and he asked the little girl to dance and he danced her around the ballroom and Be Our Guest. So I just think that... um uh, yes, I know it's Josh Gad. Yes, I'm a huge fan, but I just think this is a quality that they look for in their cast members, um, even the actors, to be able to just jump right in and be a part of the environment. Oh, he's having a good time promoting this movie. Oh yeah, well, I've watched several interviews. He is loving every minute of it, and he is great at that. Like, if you want somebody out pr- promoting your movie, he is the he is the guy. He is fun. He's not willing. I mean, he'll go on any show and have a good time and sing and dance and play a game. It's, you know. This is job. He's supposed to be good at it. He's out there making magic. I understand you're a huge Josh Gad fan. We get it. So Luke Evans, um, like we said, very, very good. Also great villain. Um, He was 
every bit Gaston. You know, he was, and um, he does really well singing. As you know, he does really well singing. Mm-hmm. When he busted out the Gaston song, he nailed it. I was I was concerned about the music. I love the music in all these movies, and I just wanted to make sure that they could pull this off. And the cast members could. They did a good job. He was strong. His voice was strong. You know, he came out on key. It was just really good. He did. A yeah, good job. I mean, well, you know, it's a it's a movie production where they can. It's not a live broadcast. They're going to perfect every little note and make sure everything's perfect as it can be. Um, and, it, and it was great. The music, it hits all the way through uh, for the most part. All the classic numbers are in there. I just want to put something out there. You say that they, you know, they edit and all this stuff. Yeah. But something that has to come from the character and the actor is projection. You have to project yourself and be able to do that confidently as all these characters have done. It's not all up to editing. <laughs> so So the rest of the cast mostly the famous, you know, Lumiere is Ewan McGregor. Ian McKellen plays um Cogsworth. Cogsworth. Mm-hmm. The little clock. Yep. Emma and Thompson is Mrs. Potts. Yes. Let me tell you something. Angela Lansbury is proud of this woman. And the other thing that I could not believe is when we were in this theater full of young children, how many of them recognized her from the other movies? Yes, yeah. So, her, I guess most recent Disney role people would recognize her from was Saving uh, Mr. Banks, and uh, of course she played P.L. Travers in that movie, the writer of Mary Poppins. So, and she's equally as good in this movie, um, in a supporting role. So, her, I, you know, as a voice actress, I thought she was right on. Like, she, she sounded very similar to a younger, uh, Angela Lansbury in the, in, in this role. Yeah. So, and then, um, of course she sings the song. Yeah. In the movie, uh, Tales Old as Time, you know, everybody knows those lyrics, so, and, and it was really, really good. Yeah, so. I you know I these moments that they nailed. I, I just can't say enough good stuff about the movie. Um, I'm a huge fan of um, Beauty and the Beast, and going through it step by step with them and watching the actors actresses do their thing was just amazing. The costuming was phenomenal, and when they transformed her into her ball gown. They took her from a regular ball gown to mm-hmm. adding the golden effects to it. The yellow dress. Yeah. The famous yellow, you know, mm-hmm. ball gown. Yep. When she comes down, that was so cool. Their date night was so cool. So I know I'm very fairy, fairy tale about this, but it was well, really cool. When it comes to Dan Stevens as the Beast... I, this is my biggest gripe of the picture. The look is fine, but he, he is all computer generated also. Right. And it was a little clunky throughout. Like, I, I would have preferred to see a more practical effects, more, uh, an actual costume a la, like Chewbacca, uh, in Star Wars. 
the facial expressions have improved, but it was just more in the way he moved, the way he walked. Every time it did that, it kind of, I could, t- it reminded me that it was computer generated. Right. His voice is great. Um, he sounds like the beast. I mean, it's very deep and there's a lot of bass and, it, you know, great. Except for the part where he sings. So one of the songs they've added to this. They added two, right? Three, I think. Yeah. Are not, those songs are not on par with the other music. <laughs> when, when that, when one of them came on, I thought, what is this? Yeah. This is not part of the, the story. They, they have, there's a point to having them in there that they're basically telling more, uh, giving you more background story or a little bit um, more involvement as, as what's going on or what happened in the past, how we got here. But that song where the beast sings was just like, oh, that should have, <laughs> that should have been cut. It should have. Let's just stick to the movie as we know it because some of that was just a little too much for me. My favorite part, I gotta tell you, one of my favorite parts is that I like watching the audience interact. Because, you know, you're, not only do you have families, you have tiny little children that have gone to Disney and they are seeing this, like, for the very first time and all they remember is Belle and her pretty dress. Yeah, so we're, we went to a matinee, um, pull the curtain back a little bit in our hometown here in Marietta. We went to a matinee and it was packed. We yes. were in the largest theater or the, in the complex. And it was packed, packed, and full of little kids. And yellow dresses. And uh, yeah, some of them were dressed up, and they had, they had a beast out in the lobby, uh, doing meet and greets and stuff. So it was cool. It was a good experience. And I haven't been to a movie, uh, in quite some time with a bunch of little kids. So even though it's, it's a little bit distracting because they're talking and jumping around and moving in their seat, um, they're really excited to be there. What I found, what I found genuine was that when they were going through the history of the beast and how he became the beast, they, like, that wasn't even the beginning of the movie. It's like the little kids had forgot that the beginning yeah, of the movie is, is Belle coming out mm-hmm. singing Bonjour. Yeah. So. Yeah, you get that little expose in the beginning and it's a lot more detailed in, in the live action. Uh, film, we see it gives us more an idea of uh, how he was as the prince and what the environment he lived in. The real background of the life lesson in the story. Yeah, which they, you know, they definitely drive that home. Um, that's that's the key point of the story is his transformation. But but you feel a little, a little bit more sympathy with this beast, and throughout the movie we find out. Uh, a little history about his mother and his father and how he, yes. what, what caused him to act that way. Correct. At the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of the added story. Um, and it does, it adds to the story. And they also bit. talk about what happens to her mom, which never ever crossed my mind <laughs> when, <laughs> during okay. the animated film until they had said, like she had started missing her mother and yeah. she had this emptiness and they really hone in on that in this movie as well. So Kevin Klein plays crazy old Maurice in this film. 
And here again, I, when they announced his casting, I was like, really, Kevin Klein? Like, I did not relate those two characters together at all. Or mm. that actor and that character together at all. But, he was a pleasant surprise in the film. He... Um, He's a little older than I thought he would be. Well, he yeah, he, he is a little older now. And... It, but his relationship with Belle was a lot more intense, and I felt a lot more, a little bit more involved in it. Mm-hmm. We we get a little bit more explanation, and we see why um, maybe she decided to take her place, other than she's just, you know, a really good person. Well, I think that she just has stepped in as the nurturer in the relationship. And I like how they show she knows what he's thinking. Yeah, so... That relationship is way more in tune. Where in the animated film, he's uh, just this crazy old inventor. In this film, he's more really of an artist. We see uh, drawings he's done throughout the years and paintings he's done of Belle and her mother and their life as, you know, just together. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and we still see him, you know, with a little invention or something. He's working on this or that with gears and he picks a lock and, and he knows how to do that stuff. And she seems to know how to do it too. Um, which I don't know, whatever. That's just the way they went with her. Um, obviously she's. Well, that's how their relationship works. Yeah. That's how she knew what to hand him. That's how she knew how to help him. And that's. The understanding when she walks into the shop. I guess my point was Kevin Klein is a little bit, again, he makes it a little bit more of a real person, the character, which was what you want in a live action film, um, than just crazy old Maurice and he's this old man that just invents stuff and everybody just kind of plays him off as a fool for it. So, you know, the one thing that I saw a little differently in the live action with Maurice was the people in the bar didn't see him as constantly crazy. They right. actually ga- they second-guessed Gaston yeah. and his actions against Maurice. He's a member of that community. He has a place, mm-hmm. um, just like all the rest of them do. And, and so they see him more as an equal than just, you know, the crazy guy. Right. Which I thought was very key in that second bar scene. Yeah. So, um, I thought it was written well. I thought, I mean, I know they're playing off something that's already written, but that as we've seen them, Disney do with other live action films, they have taken the story and twisted it or changed it or even changed the main character in some of their other films. And I was, it wasn't always accepted as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Where I think they've kind of finally brightened up, and, and the Jungle Book did this too, but they brightened up and and went okay. Um, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Well, I didn't. The live action with the Jungle Book was okay. It didn't win me over like this one did. Well, yes. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to agree with me. It's fine. The, the Jungle Book, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't feel like. After watching it, I didn't immediately want to watch it again. Right. Like, I watched it. Oh, it was good. Okay. Um, it's the Jungle Book. 
this one, I don't know, maybe it's the music, maybe it's just we love Beauty and the Beast, or we have, you know, sentimental you know, something else emotion I would, with it. So Yeah, something else that was significant, but they put a lot more emphasis on was the rose. So we all so let's talk about be our guest just a minute. When you go eat at Be Our Guest and you request to sit in the West Wing, you get the full effect of the library, no, the beast. You've got the, the torn painting up yep, there. And the rose. Every half an hour, the rose wilts, the thunder and lightning go off, and the beast goes nuts around the room. Which is an amazing experience, and any time that you get reservations at Be Our Guest, I highly, highly recommend you sitting in the West Wing. Whether If you have little children, maybe not, but three and up, I definitely would do it. Well, you can ask to be seated there well, and cross your fingers. can guarantee I'm going to ask every single yeah. time. <laughs> now, if you go for lunch, I, still, I believe it's still the same where if you go for lunch, it's not open. Okay. The West Wing. You have to go for dinner. So, we know that... The original story, The Wilting Rose, is the clock ticking for the beast. But something that they share in this movie is that it's not only significant to Beast, it's significant to Belle. And I love how they tied that into the story. Because they don't do that in the animated version. Well, I liked how the um, the other characters in the castle were aware more that... They were becoming more, they were becoming less human and more, you know, a candlestick or a wardrobe. Right. Um, and they associated, they knew their time was, you know, coming to an end also, and they were going to end up however, whatever they had turned into. Right. So they're really pushing in this film, they're, uh, it feels like they're pushing more for, um, the beast to get on board here. Yeah. And, and, he kind of, um, I don't want to say he, he's more resistant than he is in the animated film, because I guess really, uh, thinking about it, he's not, but they are definitely more aware here. They're, they're more developed. Mm-hmm. Well, not, yeah, they are more developed about the transformation process, but he also has this sense of him of, I can only do so much. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, you know, they're pushing, pushing, pushing. Everybody's all excited. And I don't feel that there was as much excitement in the live action as there is in the animated about them falling in love. Um, I think that is, I think that comes towards the end. Well, they used the books, Belle's, Belle's love of books that we all know. And, and this live picture, they used that more as a, uh, device to connect the two characters together. I they love... talk about his education. He's read some of, a lot of these books. He knows Shakespeare. He knows Romeo and Juliet. So there's a, a commonality there. When they tied in Shakespeare to the relationship and then he didn't really present the library to her like he did in the animated film, mm-hmm. but he still did that and they were still able to share that right. commonality. So, um, other than the opening number, what's the best song in it? Ooh. I mean, you have Be Our Guest, you have, uh, what's the one where they're outside and they're throwing the snowballs and all that? Anyways. Well, Something more. It's, it's... Yes. 
Yeah. So, I mean, was Be Our Guest the go-to song here? No. Like, I... No, it wasn't. I thought it was good, and I liked Mm. what they did, but... And and Ewan McGregor, um, he can sing a little bit. Again, he's, you know, it's it's like La La Land. He's not... They're not (laughs) great singers and dancers. That's not what they are, but they're good enough. Um, but overall, I thought it was good and it was nice. It was fun and nice to hear, but I didn't. I thought the animated version was better for this song. It, it was. Be, and I'll tell you why. I think part of us is spoiled from Mickey's PhilharMagic. Because all I can see is yeah. when they start out Be Our Guest, all I can see is animated Lumiere. And I can feel the champagne bottles popping in my yeah, face. Yeah, they didn't pop champagne <laughs> bottles, corks at me. Where's the I didn't, 4D? I didn't smell the blueberries. I mean, come on, people. You yeah. can put this in IMAX all you want, but if I'm not smelling those blueberries, it's not the same experience. Yeah, we're definitely spoiled when it comes to that. So, anyways. Um, yeah, I, Be Our Guest was not, and Tale as Old as Time was also not... Yeah, Emma Thompson singing that was great. Yeah. It hit the mark. It, it did. Um, it wasn't as long as I thought. They shortened it a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. But overall, I had a great time. We took our two kids. I think they really enjoyed it. Um, Four and a half stars. Because yeah. nobody gets Good, a five. Great experience. <laughs> and it was probably it was better than I thought it was going to be. So, if you haven't. Go see it. Take the family. We don't get many chances to go as a family to a lot of movies, just as a whole anymore. So take the family. Go see it. Afternoon, night, it doesn't matter. Have some fun with it. It'll take you right back to 1990, and uh, you'll get all the emotions you had as a kid. And it, you know, feel as nostalgic and sentimental as you want. Um, it's okay. I, I gotta tell you something funny that happened when I we sat down in the theater. That woman that was sitting in front of us, and I said, "This is the perfect seat." She said, "I agree. My kids wanted to sit up front, but I got them talked into sitting back here." And I saw her crying mm-hmm. through the movie. Yeah, so we were right, you know, dead center, um, not all the way in the back, but just a little behind the middle uh, section. So we got the full view experience, um, didn't have to turn your head or anything like that. So it was very enjoyable. We got a big old, our big old bucket of popcorn. <laughs> and uh, Seth hates when you uh, have some popcorn when you watch a movie with him. So Why? Uh, he doesn't like the, he calls, he calls us popcorn chompers. Oh. So Seth, we got our big old bucket of popcorn. <laughs> we got a couple drinks. There were kids dancing and talking and moving all over the place. Um, so we took this one for the team and went salt for you. <laughs> I will tell you, you heard a lot of positive and a lot of negative and a lot of critics. And when I walked into that theater and it was sold out, I thought, there's Disney. Because it was family and it was fun and it just had that feeling. Yeah, it did everything we wanted it mm-hmm. to do. So the so you were talking about the songs earlier, mm-hmm. and um, the one that you were talking about is something that wasn't there before. Is there what you it's go. Called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so maybe uh, you know 
love what you know. Um, be open to the new songs. Maybe they'll, in time, after we see it a couple <laughs> times, they'll, they'll wear on us a little bit. And, They're short. Yeah. So, but like we said, go see it. Great movie. A lot of fun. Uh, Josh Gad and Luke Evans are great. Everybody else is okay to really good. And then the only other thing I had, um, I want to mention after you see it, I had, I had the thought of I would really like to go home and watch the 2009 documentary, Waking Sleeping Beauty. Oh. It re- now, if you haven't seen this, I would say get your hand on a copy of it. And after you see Beauty and the Beast, take my advice and go home and watch Waking Sleeping Beauty. And it's all about the, um, what was happening at, at the Disney studio right about the time the, the renaissance came about of the films. So it starts right, um, and it actually starts in 1984 when all these younger animators were coming on board. And then it runs through 1994, uh, through the making of The Lion King. Mm. So you get all your, you know, everyone our age loves Aladdin, Mermaid, Lion King, all those films. So you get a behind-the-scenes look at how those movies got made, who was involved. And uh, it's directed by Don Hahn. It's called Waking Sleeping Beauty 2009. And then um, it's got some great footage of also uh, most of the these songs at that time were written by Alan Menken. And then Beauty and the Beast, the songs were mostly written by Alan Menken and Howard Ashman, uh, the late Howard Ashman. So there's a wonderful part about Howard and his story and how he got this movie made. So um, anyways, that's my recommendation. Go see the movie and then go home and watch Waking Sleeping Beauty. And don't forget your Belle Princess dress. Yes. Seeing those little girls in their princess dresses and their crowns with their families ready to see the movie was just amazing. <laughs> so two thumbs up or ten fingers and ten toes, as Michael would say. <laughs> Go see it. And with that, anything else you have to add? That's all I got. No, the music was phenomenal. <laughs> That's all I can say. All right, guys. That's our review, Beauty and the Beast. Go see it. My name is Cliff Barnes. And signing off with Alicia Barnes. Goodbye forever. Not really. Kapow! The Pop Culture Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com.